Amy, on this podcast, we try to always offer useful takeaways. And if you learn nothing else from us, learn this useful parenting lesson by Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 are the ultimate parent hack, the best diaper to use as soon as your baby starts standing or walking. Instead of ordinary diaper tabs, they have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your wild child. Pampers Cruisers 360 makes it so easy to change your baby. Who probably doesn't stop moving just because they need a diaper changed? Just slide on to apply and away they go. And fear not, parents. Pampers Cruisers 360 offers an up to 100% leak-free fit. And they just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we say more? For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupons, savings, and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. We are the biggest show in this county. (laughs) What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. My kids definitely live with difference and diversity. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. For my kids to go find other kids to play with, they'd have to be sufficiently motivated. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas. So you don't have to. But does one have to win in the end? Okay, good. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the What Fresh Health podcast. This is Amy, and today I have a very special co-host, Megan Francis, who is the founder of the Life Listened Podcast Network and co-host of The Mom Hour. Megan, I'm I'm so glad that you're on the show with me today. I'm so excited. I do have a question. Um, Is this show G-rated, or can I have swears? Oh, you know, we try to do... (laughs) There's a there's a toggle on iTunes. I'm sure you're familiar. It's like <laughs> you have to like if if there's swears you have to you have to toggle it over to explicit. Yes, exactly, exactly. Okay. It's either G-rated or explicit. Then I'll explicit. keep I'll keep my swears under my hat. I'm very um I'm I'm for me it's the rule is when the earbuds go in the swears go away. So right, that's what I'm used right. to doing. Have you found we this was kind of a um, unexpected side thing is that we we found that people listen to our podcast with their kids in the car when they're yes. traveling. Yep. Or that's why we work really hard to not not to do that. And then I'm on the radio as well, which where I really have to be careful because it's live. Oh. So there's no edit and I would be fired. I think there's like a six second delay or something, but I don't know that that would be fast enough to catch me. So So you've probably yeah. gotten really good at that. Really, really good at it. So you don't have to worry about edits. So a lot of our <laughs> listeners probably already listen to the mom hour, but tell the people who haven't listened a little bit about your podcast. Okay, so the Mom Hour is uh, my co-host Sarah Powers and I, who also um, used to blog together at The Happiest Home, which was formerly The Happiest Mom. We go way back. Um, we have a weekly podcast where we talk about everything having to do with motherhood. Um, I mean, it could it could be anything from discipline to how to enjoy your life better as a mom to food. Um, usually pretty practical, but we're just two moms who happen to be friends that um, like talking about different things. And it's also a good chance for us to catch up and have conversations, which is really fun too. And this is, I want to, we're going into our third year. I want to say we're like two and a half years in. So we've been doing this a while. Wow. Yeah. And so Sarah Powers reached out to us and said, what if we did a little host switch? Yeah, and I'm, I think this is really cool. I'm excited. So it's gonna be, yeah. Okay. So, so, so Margaret went and did an episode with Sarah, and this is you, you and Megan. You've come over to record this one with us, and our topic today is small town versus big city. Mm-hmm. 
what's better? Usually Margaret and I <laughs> battle it out. Well, does it have to, does one have to win in no. the end? Okay, no. good. <laughs> Cause I might say big city is better. I don't know. I, I just happen to be in the small town. I'm, I'm not actually going to like, you know, I, I'll be a champion for the grid, the good things about it. And I'll be really honest about the bad things about it. That I, I totally agree. I, I have, there are definite benefits and drawbacks to raising your kid in New York city. And, uh, I, am you know, very aware of both of those <laughs> yeah. on a daily basis. You live in Mayberry, basically. Well, Sarah yeah, Sarah calls it Mayberry. Um, so I live in a little town called St. Joseph, Michigan. It is on Lake Michigan, very picturesque. Um, I want to say there's maybe 11 or 12,000 people in my town, um, but it's also not a suburb. There is no city <laughs> nearby. The closest metropolitan area that I would consider a true metropolitan area is Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is still smaller, like maybe maybe three to 500,000 people, um, maybe a million if you count like everything in the metro area. And then that's about an hour and a half away. And then the next closest would be Chicago. So, and that's about two hours away, depending on where you're going in Chicago. So we are the county seat. Like this is the biggest city, <laughs> the $12,000 or 12,000 uh, person city is really the biggest uh, city you're going to find for about an hour radius. Um, it's and what's in between town. like rolling hills, farmland, what's in between? Lots of farmland, lots of little lake communities kind of going up and down Lake Michigan shore, lots of tourist communities. Um, but yeah, a lot of farmland and just a lot of little, little town. And then you've got us, the bustling, this bustling metropolis of St. Joseph um, and our twin city, Benton Harbor, which is about the same size. Wow. So yeah. So it is not only a small town, but it is like surrounded by other small towns. There is no, well, we have a mall. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a mall. It is a sad, sad place. I think in the eighties it kind of had a boom. Like it might have had a it had a gap. I think in the eighties, many many malls are are <laughs> sad true. places. That's a sad yeah, but there's I, not I, even real. There's not even a lot of chain restaurants. It's it's just a weird place. It's very unique. So it you know. sounds kind of amazing. I, and I I was Margaret always calls them oldie locks alerts when we when we <laughs> make references or ask questions that only somebody as old as we are would ask. Because I was right. I was oldie about locks. to say where do you shop for back to school clothes, and then I realized like that's totally oldie locks. You go on the internet like everybody yeah. else, or you go to Target. We do have a Target, and that oh, you know I did have to learn because we moved here. Um, I lived in Chicago for about a year before we lived here. Moved here, and when I got here, it was really hard to adjust to not having anything really like there was no mall to go to there was there was no shopping center um that took some adjustment just to figure out like if i need and it's not stuff like back to school clothes that stuff's fine but if i needed an um say a dress for a special event or even like cute going you know out going out outfit or shoes i'm not gonna find that here that really mm -hmm. I, that's gonna require a trip to the city or extensive online shopping. So it's different. But yeah, Sarah calls it Mayberry because this is a really funny story. One time I was working downtown at this coffee shop and I said, we were talking about filing a business partnership and we decided to do it in my county because Michigan has really business friendly tax laws and stuff like that. So I was like, well, I'll just, I said, when I walk home from the coffee shop, I'll just swing by the county building and um, and file our business partnership. And she was like, what, what are you even saying right now? But it literally is the county building is on my walk from my house to the coffee shop where I was um, downtown where I was working. And, and so. you're like, do, 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 <laughs> exactly. do, 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 Yep. I just went in. It's just always the same lady who's at the county. You know, she always talks. She's very friendly. So well, this is, there's one thing about big city living, which is you under no circumstances do you want to engage with the bureaucracy of, oh, I don't know, like a parking ticket or, um, 
you know how when you get your kids' passports, you have to go to the post office sometimes right. to make an appointment. I, I will plan ahead. Like, when am I going to go visit my parents or just like, go literally anywhere but New York, but New York <laughs> City with my children and go stand in line at a post office in, in that anywhere but place because that's, that's stuff you do not want to deal with. It's fairly pleasant here. Yeah, I have to say wow. that's one of the perks. And you, yeah. so you've, you've always lived there since you were a mom? Um, no, actually, so um, the town I graduated high school from was actually smaller than this town. It's, it was what? about 3,000 people, and that's just down the road. And then after that, I went to school in a, you know, small, but but nor, like reasonable size, Kalamazoo, Michigan, which is a, you know, a small city, but a real city, legitimate, like, city life. And then after that, I lived in um, Nashville, Tennessee for a while. I lived in Minneapolis, for a while. I lived in South Bend for a while. And I lived in the Lansing, Michigan area for a while. So I lived in a lot of medium-sized cities. Um, probably the biggest one was Minneapolis. I think that... And I lived in this... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I lived in Chicago for a year. Um, and I lived in the city in Minneapolis and Chicago. So I have tasted family life with kids in a big city. And I, I know a little bit about what that's like. But I don't think that I really embraced it when I was there. Um, I, I think... First of all, I think my family was a little too big. Uh, I have five kids. Yes, and give, give us yeah. their current ages. I, I realize okay, that's yeah. kind of a headline. I should have. Yeah, no, that's fine. So my oldest is, kids. yeah, my oldest is 19, then 18. Um, I'll have one who turns 14 tomorrow. So by the time this goes up, he'll, he'll be 14, 11, and 8. So when we moved here, I was pregnant with my fifth, my only girl. Clara. And we had just spent a year and some change in Chicago with four kids. And that was when I was broken of all of my fantasies about what it would be like <laughs> to live in a big city with children. Because, you know, I thought, oh, we'll, we'll just take public transportation everywhere. Well, that's one thing when you have like a kid or two, but like getting four kids on and off the L in Chicago and all that was so stressful. And we didn't really set ourselves up to live so Chicago's very, very spread out, and we didn't really live close enough to those things. Even though we lived in the city, we, we weren't really close to the amenities, so we still had to drive everywhere, only the traffic was insane. It was just, like, if I could go back and re-engineer that city experience, I would do it very, very differently, but I didn't know what I didn't know. So, you know. But at least in Chicago, <laughs> there are cars. Like I, I have That's true. Two, I have two um, mom friends in New York that have four kids, Um Nobody has five. I mean, I know it should exist, but but and the problem is uh, taxis in New York City. You can't. They won't even let you take five people. Sometimes right. they'll look the other way. Um, but yeah, if you're, you're going to get into two taxis to go anywhere with your with your kids, like then forget it. You just can't have that many. Uh, kids. So how do they, what do they do? Like, do they just live in a place where they never have to get in a car? I just well, am really curious how that works. If if it was it was yeah, if it was seriously mom and dad, two parents and four kids, they'd need to take two taxis. If it's just one of the parents and the four kids, they'll kind of look the other way if the youngest is old enough to ride on somebody's lap. But that's, of course, unpleasant. It's like, get off me. Get, get, yeah. get too close to me. Even four people in the backseat of a taxi is, will make you reconsider most of your parenting decisions. <laughs> well, I have to ask you this. Like, it's time to get really real. And this is probably going to make suburban parents everywhere shudder and maybe even gasp audibly. But when I lived in Chicago and was pregnant, one of the things I kept getting so so hung up on was, well, so let's say I went downtown. I wanted to go do, you know, a zoo in the museum or something. And I have this baby with me. Well, what am I going to do with their, their car seat? And someone looked at me and finally says, you just don't take the car seat. And mm -hmm. I was like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> I had this moment of 
just, I don't even know what to, how to describe the feeling that I had. I was incredulous. It's a slow slide. So with <laughs> okay. my first, with my first two is almost 15. With my first, uh, yeah, I would never get in, in a, um, with, with an infant car seat, it kind of works. You can kind of like, you know, pull out the seatbelt the whole way and kind of rig it in there yeah. pretty tight. But once they're out of an infant car seat, yeah, I just pushed him. We walked everywhere. I mean, I'd walk three miles with him in a stroller or we wouldn't go. Um, then, then cut to my third. She just went everywhere with me in a sling, everywhere. And so yeah. on the bus and the taxi, she just was in the sling. And I just put the, you know, the seatbelt over both of us and, you know, prayed. Well, and that's, I guess that's one of those things. It's like it, there's the ideal and then there's what's actually possible. And my, my hang up was always, okay, so I get this baby out of the car seat and then I get to the other side. And then what do I do with the car seat? Right. <laughs> like wear it on my head? Right. The infant car seat, which is the, the heaviest, right. worst, like definitely designed by somebody who never <laughs> carried a baby in it. Yeah, exactly. Banging into your thigh every... And I had big babies too. That was just not going to work. So I'm, I'm glad to hear you say like out loud that that's the reality because I felt like it was kind of said to me like I was a dummy. <laughs> like, well, duh, you just don't take one. You just one. don't do it. Yeah. No, it's not good. I mean, right. I think I think big city kid raising maybe has more compromises than than a small town. But one, one good thing about raising your kids in the city with the whole public transportation thing is say, my my son, we live on one side of Central Park and his high school, he's a freshman in high school, is on the other side and he can get to school a, a dozen ways. He yeah. can take the subway and the bus. He can, he can skateboard through the park, which he does sometimes. He can walk. He could take a bike, but the bikes you have to ride on the streets. They don't let you ride them on sidewalks and I'm not really ready to let my teenager ride a bike on the streets of New York City. I yeah. mean, certainly people do, but it's it's a death wish every moment. Yes. Um, and then there's actually, there's some new ride sharing apps now. So this this has changed everything. So my my 15-year-old, almost 15-year-old, he can get in a ride share from here to the east side because, of course, there are dozens of people every five minutes looking to go basically from here to there, same spots as him. And it's five bucks and he might do this and he might do that. And he's he's pretty launched and yeah. my 13 year old is close to that. And so just the options they have. And of course I can track them on my phone and I can see where they are and I right. can text them. And so it all feels very sort of doable. I wouldn't do it with my 10 year old, of course, but, right. but um, it makes it a little bit easier because when they're younger, the problem with a big city is if my kid has chorus on the Upper East Side, yeah. you have to pay, it's either you or you're paying somebody to go with them on the subway to chorus, sit there while they take chorus, and then subway back. And there's no parking lots. There's no, let me just run do this while you're there. There's it, it, So it's, um, it, it's, it's a hassle in that way. Do you find that people stay in their neighborhoods um, as much as possible because of that when they have small children or do you, do they just make a way, find a way to make it work? And totally. I'm sure it depends so on the neighborhood. <laughs> my, my, my daughter just hurt her ankle and, yeah. and, and a really good PT was recommended to us at the hospital for special surgery. So of course it's like the best of the best of the whatever you have to go to this place. It is four miles from her school. It took us an hour and 10 minutes oh to goodness. get there in a taxi with me like slowly, like my, my blood pressure going up and up <laughs> And so I just had, yes, I just had to say, like, I, I, I don't care if this is the best person in the world. I can't do that twice yeah. a week. And, and just, you know, you draw a sort of circle around your your apartment or your school. And that's that's where you're willing to go. And it is New York City. So guess what? There are There's still a million things to do. Right. Right. Yeah. That's it's funny that you say that. So when we, you know, came here, 
Um, even though my time in, in the bigger city, when in Chicago, like the biggest city I've lived in, and it is a big city and things are very spread out, I kind of rebelled almost when I got here and thought, oh my gosh, anything I want to do, literally anything I need to do, not want, <laughs> that's a different story, but is anywhere I have to go on a daily basis is no more than a seven minute drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got very, very used to that. And then your world starts to shrink a little bit because then I had a baby and I was like, well, I'm not, you know, we have, even though it's a small town, there's all these other little tourist towns around. So there's lots of great dining, you know, within like easily within a 20 minute radius, but I wouldn't go any of those places because <laughs> it's like, well, but it's outside of my five minute, you know, my five minute limit. I'm not going anywhere that's not five minutes away. And I got really stuck in that for a while, especially when my kids are really small. And, and in the last few years, I've really started branching back out and be like, hey, there is a world of other options if I'm just willing to spend 15 minutes in my car instead of five. Um, but it's tempting to just get like kind of dig in and become like really tight in my little area. So having that many options available to me, I think again, would just be, I'd probably gorge on it for a while. Right, and then you, 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 it expands and contracts. There are definitely many many a day that I don't get on the subway at all and don't leave our little sort of village neighborhood, mm-hmm. um, which is great, but then you think, but if we're going to put up with the hassle of living in New right. York City, we got to go. We try to take advantage of it because that's the reason to be here. Right. Uh, but then you get lazy, yeah, and you just walk to the pizza place that's three right. blocks away. exactly. Instead of yeah. going to Chinatown, that's, that seems exhausting a lot of the time. Yeah, it's funny. I had um, both of my teenage sons, we spent uh, sent to spend time with friends of ours who live in Chicago. One of them went to a camp at um, Second City there last summer when he was 16, I want to say. No, he was 17. And then my other went and house sat for a friend and stayed with her. For, and it was really funny how differently the two of them experienced the city. So my son Isaac really quickly figured out how to use all of the public transportation, how to get to the camp from where he was staying, which was probably like, I don't know, 15 minutes away and like different ways to do that. He had his own like like a little coffee shop he was going to. Like he, he kind of scoped it out. And then my son Jacob, I think basically figured out like two, like one place where you get fried chicken at like a, like a corner party store. And um, another place wait, that had... Wait, so that you got fried chicken at a corner? <laughs> yeah, it was this store? weird place that, yes, it was like one of those where you can get everything, like you can get yeah. your, you know, your phone cards, like your long distance phone cards. They still had those. Um, and it was like, I will call it a more up and coming neighborhood. Let's call it that. And then, you know, you can get your electronics that are a little bit dubious, like maybe they fell off the back of a truck. And you can also get your party supplies and some minor, like some, just a few groceries. And then they had fried chicken. I don't know how he even figured that out. He just... He sniffed it out somehow. And then he had like a taco place. And I think those are the only two places he went the entire time. So <laughs> I don't think big city living would be for him. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Well, you, that's an interesting point because like, what, what do your kids, my husband and I talk sometimes about like, oh, you know, do, do you leave? Do you, when do you know it's a time to go? And we're kind of, our kids are all in grade school right now and have a school they love and friends they love. And right. we're kind of in it for the long haul at this point. But if you ever ask my, my kids, do they ever wish they didn't live in, in the city they kind of say no, but they they were born here. This is what they know. Right. This is this is how they've been raised, and so they're they're fine with it. And, and probably uh, your son similarly. They they were they're sort of steeped in a different daily life. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. It's I mean, I have five, so I mean, the chances are good. Some of them are going to want to branch out, and some are going to be really happy with this. And it's is it personality? Is it just because they haven't had a chance to experience it? Like my oldest ones remember living in bigger cities. They lived in several um, bigger 
areas. And then my youngest don't remember that at all. They The schools that they've gone to have always been in this school district. And the kids they've hung out with have been the same kids since kindergarten. And it's just a very, very different world. And I don't, like, I don't want anyone to, I don't want to make judgments based on what just has been their experience and think, well, they wouldn't like being in a bigger city. I guess they had kind of have to show me like what they, what they want. And maybe, mm-hmm. and maybe the fact that we've just always visited, but visiting a city when you don't live in it is a very different experience. People go to the same places. You don't, you don't live in the city. People go to the tourist spots and then they leave. Well, that, that's ex- yes. People always, people who will express will be just completely incredulous that I can live in New York city are the people who, you know, once in a while come in to see a Broadway show and walk around times square and then get back on a right. Greyhound bus. Right. And I'm like, well, I don't live there. Nobody lives there. Right. Nobody lives in times square. Right. Nobody who lives in New York really wants anything to do with times square right. unless you really have to go there to see a show. And it's just, Oh, so, so yeah, the places you're right. I don't, I don't hang around at the statue of Liberty and the <laughs> Dave and Buster's on 42nd street. Those aren't, those aren't my haunts. Right. Exactly. It's just a really different experience. So I'm trying to think in, in having friends in bigger cities helps. Cause then if you want your kids to check it out, check out the way that that life looks, then you can kind of do it in a more reasonable and realistic way. And probably the same for small towns. I mean, even in our little town, there's places that you go if you just rolled into town and you don't know anything about the place. You There's certain restaurants you end up going to and certain attractions and you go to certain beaches that I would never go to. And we're a beach town. that We have we have several really nice beaches and there's a couple in particular I'll, I won't set foot on because that's where the tourists go and they're crowded and crazy. And if that was my only experience of this area, I wouldn't want to live here either. So, yeah. Does life in your town change in the summertime? Does it? Oh, does it very much. Easier? Yeah, it I'm, it's really hard to say like how, because even though this is a very touristy area, our, specifically our town does not have a ton of rental, um, like vacation rental property, but it attracts from the outside area. So the rest, I mean, I don't even bother. I don't bother going out to eat. I don't bother going. I have like a beach I go to that's kind of a little more, like, I guess a couple that I go to with the kids that are a little more out of the, um, out of the way. And, uh, that's, a. That's that's about it. We we just stay away. We don't. It's very. It's a lot of people from Chicago and other you know kind of neighboring bigger cities and also neighboring small towns because we are the county seat. Don't forget, we are the biggest show in this county. <laughs> so it really gets very crowded and and it's nice. I mean, that's what our economy is based on. And so it's nice to see people enjoying it. Um, and that's why we have restaurants and things. But it's true no matter where you live, though, right, that you you avoid the things that people think are the point of your place. Exactly. Existing. We're going to be away for Thanksgiving this year. And my brother and his family are going to stay in our apartment and they're going to take the kids to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And of course, I'm like, why would why would anyone do, do that? I won't even watch that on TV. <laughs> My kids totally watch it on TV and it's like two miles away. And then right. they'd like, yo, that's, that's for crazy people. Don't go there. Right. Uh, but they're like, we're in New York on Thanksgiving Day. And I get it. If it's something you do, yeah, it's something you have to experience if you're here once. And when you're here all the time, you, you get, you get lazy about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, you don't just, it's not just laziness. It's like self-preservation. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's self-preservation. It's, uh, Sarah and I actually had an episode where we, that we named, uh, we hate fun. And it was all about <laughs> how much we both hate like parades, festivals, anything where you have to be out in that kind of a crowd. And it's interesting that people would think city life is always a crowd like that because it's not. I mean, my experience of being in the city other than Times Square, which I could really take or mostly leave, right, right. Um, is that it's just kind of like being in a normal place. 
just with, you know, a slightly more diverse group of people or much more diverse group of people often. And then more of them, but there's still, it's not like everyone's on top of everybody else all the time. I think that's a misconception. I went to Beijing this summer yeah. with my sons. And, and that was, I mean, as somebody who's lived in New York for 25 years, Beijing was like, get me out of here. This is <laughs> yeah. crazy. It was, that was crowded. That was people everywhere. Yeah. And I do feel that, that especially like, like I said, I'm, I'm in this little neighborhood, the Upper West Side, and there are many, many days when I don't leave the Upper West Side or, and, and there are, you know, leafy tree lined streets right. and dogs walking or whatever. And then there's, you know, a lot of other stuff too. We certainly pass homeless people sleeping on the street yeah. on the walk to school every morning. My kids have engaged with that from a very young age and like, why is that person there? Mm -hmm. And does he need help? And you have a, it, it's, it's in your face a little bit more, certainly. And then, and on the positive side, just sort of differences. Yeah. Um, we have, we live in a doorman building, which sounds pretty glamorous probably, but there's a lot of buildings in New York are like that because you can't, uh, that's how you get mail and packages and, uh, and things like that. And, and our, our doormen are from Egypt and the United Arab Emirates. And one used to be a professional soccer player. And, right. and these, they, they have really interesting life stories that are nothing like my children's. Yeah. And they're just exposed to that every day, which I think is a is a great thing. Yeah, I think that that would be one of the the biggest positives. Um, and and I also think that you know seeing like the gritty realities of life is good for kids. Like I wish my kids were encountered encountered that more because I think it's really easy, even though we our little city, which is fairly affluent, borders a lot of little towns that are not as affluent. We're removed from that. Like you don't have to engage with that unless you really want to. And because of that, a lot of their friends and their friends' parents have almost a fear of it. And like actively won't let their kids go into areas they perceive as being dangerous, which I think is so laughable because I'm thinking like, this is not right. They're just, their yards aren't as manicured. Okay. It's like, it's really going to be all right. I, I just, it's so funny to me. It's like a hard attitude for me to wrap my brain around, but I think those are all good things. One thing you were saying before that I thought was interesting is that your kids have sort of known the same, the same, uh, friends for yes. a long time. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's that's a certain advantage to to small town living is just the sort of community. I see this when I go visit my my brother and his wife. That's just sort of everybody knows everybody, and you know this kid who thinks he's going to get away with something at the at the town pool. Well, not really because there's ten parents watching. You know, watching yes. you all know who that kid is. Yeah, who he belongs to. Yeah, no one gets away with anything. It can be a little stifling, but I have to say, overall, I've I've thought it. I've seen the benefits of it more than the downsides. And my, so my three youngest kids who are eight, 11 and um, 14 now um, are the ones who've benefited the most from that. And they've really had the same friends since kindergarten. In fact, my brother and his wife live about half a mile from my house. And one of my best friends from high school lives about half a mile. And she's also my brother's wife's other best friend. It's, it's a very, <laughs> it's very incestuous. So we were like three best friends. One of my best friends married my brother and the other one just happened to settle in the same town. And so we live, we triangulate, like there's a half mile triangle um, from one house You're to the next. sister wives. It all, it all yes. works out. Yes. And the kids can just jump on their bikes and ride from house to house to house. And we have another friend who lives about a half mile in the other direction and they can go pick you know their son up and they can all just kind of own the town. And there is, there is like a, there's a comfort in that because I know they wouldn't be afraid to talk to any adults. They would probably know any adult they would talk to. If there was trouble, I could be there so fast. Like anywhere they would be, I could get to them. It's, it just makes it really relaxed. There's, there's a lot of, uh, there's just kind of a, I know that 
smaller towns aren't impervious to like this high fear parenting thing, like where everyone's freaked out about their kids being alone or unattended. But I feel like in our particular small town, it's kind of like I'm a little insulated from that. Maybe it's just my group of friends, but there's not a lot of paranoia and there's not a lot of panic about kids being out on their own. I think people actually kind of want their kids to be out independently doing stuff. So um, yeah, so that's something that's kind of cool and has been and has made my life very simple. I would say my my experience of raising little ones here was very, very simple um, as opposed to the other places that we lived that were more spread out or just harder to navigate. So that's a, definitely a benefit. And they do have these really tight bonds. So the kids have had the same friends and they're, they're buddies and they don't change friends up a lot. Um, probably because there's not that many kids to switch to. <laughs> yeah. So can, so contrast that to New York city. I, I think this is both a drawback and a benefit, right? My kids, my kids do, they were in the same school from nursery through eighth grade. So my oldest just started high school. He's in a new place, but this is a, this is a community where we really do know everybody They're their school. Mm-hmm. But on weekends, the kids in New York city completely scatter on the weekends. Yeah. And in the summertime. So say, you know, my son plays soccer on the weekend. He doesn't, know any of those kids from school or my son's baseball team again like you're meeting completely new kids every time or in my daughter's ballet class it's just a separate set of people and so what what I think well I think it's good about that because you get used to meeting new people but what I also think is good is that it makes the sports thing a little bit less um, intense in New York City I mean certainly there are you know what you can you can get a, a pitching coach for your kid in New York City if you want to but there, there's not sort of how cool they are at school is not at all predicated in how well they played in the game over the weekend. Right. Nobody was there. It's, it's, it's two completely separate things. And so I feel like the kids and some don't play sports at all and some go away yeah. the weekend and, and they all have their separate lives in the weekends and in the summers that I think, I don't know, keeps their options a little more open and teaches them at a younger age that you can be what I didn't get until college, right? Like you, you can be something besides this yeah, kind of like, kid or that kind of kid. I totally like, I think that that actually is a more, more of a benefit than a drawback. Um, except that maybe it's not as simple, <laughs> you know, like for you as the parent, but as for the kids, I think it's good to learn that you're, you can be, yeah, you can be artsy at school and something else and with the other right. kids. And yeah, I, I think that's actually a benefit. Now you're going to make me want to move to the city. But no, no, we can totally switch because I want to. <laughs> you want to come experience here, be friends, and you can ride bikes <laughs> to each other's house. Yeah, I, I think this is a good time to take a break. Sure. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about the the sort of differences in parenting styles that might exist okay. in a small town versus a big city. Margaret, exciting news! I am about to have a new baby nephew. And believe it or not, this will be my 13th nephew. Amy, you're ready to give up your amateur status. You're a pro (laughs) aunt at this point. Our family has seen a lot of babies. And as soon as they start standing or walking... I send them all a whole lot of Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 don't have ordinary diaper tabs. Instead, they have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your newly mobile little one. Pampers Cruisers 360 offer a gap-free fit that is up to 100% leak-proof, crucial once your baby is quite literally up and at And that gap-free fit helps prevent your baby from taking off their diaper, a habit you do not want them to get 
into. You can say that again. And Pampers Cruisers 360 just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we even elaborate on the need for that, friends? For trusted protection trust, Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Margaret, when you've got kids, as just about everybody listening to this right now does, you're probably looking at what they eat and seriously wondering how they could possibly be getting all of the vitamins and minerals they need to grow big and strong. That's why Haya was created, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin for kids. Haya fills the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full-body nourishment our kids need. And yes, Even your picky eaters will approve. I know mine does. Formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables. Then it's supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals to help support our kids' growing brains and bodies. And Haya vitamins are sent straight to your door, which means you set it and forget it and give yourself one less thing to worry about. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash fresh. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H, HayaHealth.com slash fresh to get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. We'll be right back. And how old are you, young gentleman? Seven. And tell me what is better, living in a big city or a small town? Small town. Do you think it's better to live in a small town or in a big city? Well, there are like good parts about both, I guess. What are some of the good things about living in a big city? Um, I think that there are a lot of different kinds of food. Where do we live? Small town. Is our town really that small? Mm, a bit. What makes it what makes it a small town? Well, it's because like it's not that big. No one's the same and no one feels pressure to be the same. And I think that's nice. We don't have to be disturbed. I know it's hard to answer while you're putting Legos together. What is disturbing about living in a big city? There are too many people everywhere. Small town, you know everyone, and that could be a good thing. Big city, you don't know everyone, and that can be a good thing. How does it smell in the big city? Terrible. How does it smell in our small town? Good. Fresh. What's good about living in a small town? 
Because you have like a backyard and stuff. And what do we have in our backyard that's very small towny? A tree house. What do you like about going to visit the city? Well, I like seeing pigeons. Do you like to go visit the big city? Yes. What do you like to go see in the big city? Museums. What else? Graveyards. That's true. We did go to Alexander Hamilton's graveyard, didn't we? No, we didn't. We did. We well, saw. We saw it, it from the bus. We we all we did was see it. All right, we have to go back and visit that. What are, what are things that are maybe aren't so good about living in the big city? Um. Well, you can't walk on the streets by yourself until you're probably like a teenager. When you grow up, where are you going to live? Big city or small town? Small town. Where exactly are you going to live? Right here. With me forever in this house? Yes. I am totally down with that plan. I love you. I love you. So, Margaret, I don't know about your daughter, but my daughter likes to wear leggings and T-shirts, nothing else, the end. (laughs) Oh, I wish for a daughter like that. (laughs) My daughter likes to wear a Jaguar faux fur coat, a tutu, and a T-shirt with a crazy picture on it. Right. No, that that changes. And like, like hard right turn, now my daughter wants nothing. No sparkly, no princess, no daddy's little this, no sequins. (laughs) Like, no, no. No, she just wants the leggings and t-shirts. And that's why I really like this week's sponsor of our podcast. Tell me. Primary.com. It's it's a company started by two moms. And you know how I love companies started by two moms. We love. Shout out moms. (laughs) Business moms. We love you, business moms. Especially two moms. And they- Their Two moms thing. are better than one. Right. They just set out, like, where can we find T-shirts and pants and sweatshirts that don't have any anything on them? No dump right. trucks, no this. I just want a red T-shirt. Even for my crazy dressing daughter, I have the problem of going to the store, and it's like a T-shirt that says, I will spend your money. And it's like, wait, why? <laughs> I'm not sending my kid out in a T-shirt that says that. That's horrible. Right. And there's there's a lot of us, but it's, it's seemingly very hard to find this stuff. And my daughter wears navy leggings or navy um, they call them now like monkey bar shorts to wear under her uniform skirt, yes. and she wants them yes. every day. And they get a little ratty after a while, and you won't believe like how hard that is to find just plain ones that don't have rock and roll written down the side or whatever. And even my crazy punky Brewster daughter often needs leggings and a t-shirt to go under the crazy outfit. Like, sure. okay, if you're going to wear the crazy New Orleans Mardi Gras tutu, we need something to put underneath it. So that's primary. Primary has these modern classics that are always available and it's completely straightforward. And I'm really a big fan of this, this website. And we have a code now, what Fresh Hell listeners can get 20% off their first orders on primary.com. You ready for the code? I am so ready. You go to bit.ly slash primary fresh, bit.ly slash primary fresh it'll automatically take you to a screen where you get 20 percent off your first order and everything costs less than 25 dollars anyway so load up your cart sounds good guys go check them out okay so we're back and i want to know i kind of started talking about this before the break megan but about how the the sports i feel like the sports thing because new york city is so big so anonymous kids can do a million different things with different kids they see at school so there isn't sort of one way to be a cool kid yeah like say my you know my my nephew lives in a suburb and the lacrosse team is the sort of center of existence for his friends at school and on the weekends and if you're good at lacrosse then you get to be a cool kid and if you're not then 
no, there's no, <laughs> there's, there's, there's no, nothing there's for, no you. for you. Uh, <laughs> well, that's funny. We don't have lacrosse. I believe uh, maybe our school is just not, I don't know, rich enough for that or small. There's too small for that. I really don't know. It's just not something that's a thing here. I will. Lacrosse is not a thing in New York City oh. either, but just so just our two towns and then everywhere else it's huge. That's so funny. Yeah. No, it's, I, I always have thought of that as one of those like country club type sports. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I don't understand it at um, all. But the, the sports that we do have are pretty basic. And one thing I find really frustrating, on like the little kid level, it used to be pretty chill. Like when we first moved here, I thought, and we've lived here now 10 years, I felt like any kid could kind of jump in and out of sports. It, you didn't have to start early necessarily. There was a place for you someplace. And I think that's shifting. Um, even in just in 10 years, I think like things like baseball, which... I want to say three of my sons played and one played for several seasons. Now it's you, it's not really enough to just play it. You have to specialize in it, which means you have to give something else up because a lot of kids end up doing travel baseball. And if mm-hmm. the only kids that are getting on the team or ever playing are travel baseball kids, then you can't really play football. You can't take that art class you wanted to take, or you can't, you know, whatever it is, it's not really available to you. So my kids used to just do like year round they would kind of jump in and out of things. And I I don't have them doing a ton of things, but they might do um, baseball in the summer and then they might try out football if they felt like it in the fall. Only two of them actually have tried it and they've only each played one season. Was not our thing, but that's okay. And then they had this like really laid back basketball league. And now I feel like kids are starting to specialize and that we're not immune to that. I just think it took a little longer. I feel like that's more of a suburbs thing maybe that's kind of coming our way, but it just took a little bit longer, but, but it's, it's here, it's getting here for sure. I I think this, yeah, the specialization, I think it's a, it's a sickness that's pervaded our entire Entire. uh, American (laughs) culture. Yeah. My, my, my eight year old daughter, she, she took gymnastics and she took ballet, right? Tuesday, I'm going to wear a sparkly leotard and Thursday I'm going to wear a tutu and really just wants to do cartwheels and and be, be they all do. But yeah, but by eight years old, it was like, well, if you're going to be on the, on the, team competitive team yeah yes. there's, there's there's six meets and there's practice three times a week and and similarly ballet and like, hundreds okay, of dollars that you're in yeah. at that point per month yeah, yeah my my daughter is in his eight and she's into gymnastics and she's pretty good she's weirdly flexible like almost looks like she doesn't have bones in her torso <laughs> she can do things with her body that really disturb me um but she really wants to be a contortionist because she's been watching all these youtubers who are like contortionist youtubers wow. like little girl contortionists i didn't know this was a thing um but it is and then they all watch the america's got talent and britain's got talent oh, and well, all right. those videos okay. you know right so she really really wants to do that i don't think she cares about you know going to a meet and having a routine and like a floor routine or something i don't I don't know that that's going to be her thing, but at some point I feel like she's almost going to have to make that choice to keep going. And I'm like kind of gearing up. None of my other kids were athletic enough that they had to really choose. It was kind of like they all faded out at some point and I just let it go. And she, I think she's going to be the one where I'm going to have to say, oh boy, okay. So is this the road I'm going down? And how do you balance that? Um, yeah, yeah. And I think, I think that's like the big city I, I feel like gives you if if you want to have that, you can have that. But the, but at least they can have that in, you, you know, you can you can take contortion class. Or if that's really she what could you become a trapeze do. artist she or could, something. Right. Yeah. She could right. She could find trapeze lessons, and nobody from school will be there. Right. The sports importance is sort of kept in perspective. Yes, I think. Um, and 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 the big city more than in small town, which I which I think is sort of unexpected because I think everybody thinks that raising your kids in the city must be much more 
nightmarishly intense in every way. I bet I'm thinking maybe academically it possibly is depending on the school. I think it is. Yeah. I'm, and it's funny here. I mean, um, our school is known for in this area for being academically challenging. I don't think it's anything like what I hear coming from parents who are talking about their kids doing four and five ho- hours of homework a night. I've That's never been my experience here. Um, the high school football team, you know, they have this huge, beautiful stadium. It's just, it's so overblown. And my, one of my very best friends, her husband is the high school football coach and the pressure he is under to have a winning team is ridiculous. Ridiculous. I want to slap people every season and you know, he loves it. He loves doing it. He loves coaching the kids, but it's the other people. It's other adults, I think that make it kind of miserable because everyone takes it way too seriously and he already put so much time into it and so much effort like there really shouldn't be even this required you know my my son's high school doesn't even have a football team he, <laughs> and he he is the one with like the four or five hours a night so yeah they, that's funny he plays ultimate frisbee that's something he's he's found his way to this new sport that i've got to uh oh great i've got to figure out but that's that's another that's another well thing. if my kids had that much homework <laughs> at night it wouldn't leave time for sports so you see yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the yeah the academics I think probably and and uh, well they are intense and also like on younger kids almost everybody has a tutor mm. or a you know extra work or supplemental X Y Z. Um, that's definitely that, more the. I don't think kids here would have a tutor that. unless there was a problem or unless a teacher had specifically like recommended one or unless the parent was real try hard. I don't think that that would be. I don't know anyone whose kids have tutors. Yeah, it would be hard. I'd have to go the other way. Like, yeah. let's see if I know anyone whose kids don't have. Right, tutors. isn't that funny? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And what about the sort of more general? Um, oh gosh, like the, the the parenting culture that uh, the pressure to I don't know mill your baby's food, and make it yourself, no. and to no. be uh, you to know do Chinese. Do you think that's no, different in a small town? No, I, you know it's out there for sure. I think Pinterest has been an equal opportunity messer upper of young parents' lives. So (laughs) (laughs) I can't say for sure, and Instagram, I can't say for sure that if I was having a baby, like my first baby right now living in this town that I wouldn't feel more pressure. I haven't seen that to be a thing here so much. In fact, if anything, I think we kind of roll our eyes at it a little bit. And you get the idea. A lot of media comes out of the coasts and specifically New York. And I remember when I was... um, authoring books and I would write a book proposal and send it in. And it was always my New York city agent looking at it and trying to get it in front of a New York city editor. (laughs) And they would have, they wouldn't believe me that this was like the way people, because it, it can be a little bit, I don't know, like it's like, like myopia, you know, you're in your, your Island and you think things are, the way that they are everywhere. And it's like, no, it's really not like that everywhere. So I, I can, I've actually, the flip side of that, I'm working, I'm working on a novel that, that uh, I'm passing back and forth with my agent right now. And she had another agent look at it. And I have a scene in the, in the um, novel where a very sort of, you know, real housewives character goes to the fourth grade poetry breakfast at school. And she's surrounded by these other mothers who are, you know, are wearing their workout clothes right. and their sneakers and they, you know, and their roots are showing and they're, and they're looking at this woman sitting across the aisle, like, please. Um, and, and she wrote on that, like, no, that's not, that's not what it's like in New York city schools and New York city schools. Everybody looks perfect all the time and has their <laughs> designer person. Like, what are you talking right. about? No, it's like, not. I, yeah. I was literally writing like exactly about my, you know, your my real experience, experience at my yeah. school with my, with my very real group of friends. Uh, so yeah, there, there can be a perception 
I it probably depends on everyone's sides. background and where they came from and, and, and how things are being portrayed. And No, it isn't. I think like Mar- Margaret likes to say that it's gone, it's gone from them. Like everybody used to be perfect all the time to this sort of, I, all I do is drink Chardonnay. Well, I don't even right. know how many kids I have. And, and now we're sort of settling in the middle of, okay, right. like I'm neither that like, intense how, nor that awful. How about we all just be normal? Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like our right. own versions of normal. Yeah. Here's here's one of the big drawbacks I think to big city living. Like sort of my biggest regret when I when I look at what my kids have versus the way I grew up is the unstructured um peer led activity mm. time. Like I I'd come home after school, I'd change out of my uniform and I'd go knock on Susie Krupsky's door and if she wasn't home I'd go knock on Megan Scanlon's right. door and maybe we'd play Barbies and maybe we ride bikes and maybe we'd whatever and then the church bell would ring at about 6.20 and that was how I knew it was time to go home for dinner and I'd cut back through the, their, their backyards and go to my house every day. Um, and my brothers were playing wiffle ball in my backyard yeah. in the meantime with sort of whoever showed up, right? Just a pickup game of something and if there was... Uh, you know, a ball that they were going to argue about. Is it foul or fair? You learn to just sort of, okay, you get this one and we get the next one. Just that sort of yeah. like go outside and don't come back till it's dark and and make up a game and figure it out. Um, you don't really get that in New York City. They have they, they have every activity available mm. to them. But even if, even if they're just playing with other kids, you're taking to the playground, you're going, right. and you're standing there while they're playing at the playground, and if a fight breaks out in the sandbox, you're there to intervene. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and I think that's a big, big, like, miss, that they're not getting that. It, it uh, is a miss, but don't you kind of feel like that's, I mean, I think that there's definitely more opportunity for that in a smaller town. We're physically, like, closer to more people we know, <laughs> so it's just easier to make that kind of thing happen, but however... Kids, it's we're not immune to that either. The kids are overscheduled. It's hard to get kids, convince kids to go outside because they have much more interesting things inside than they did when we were kids. Um, I kind of feel like if you went back thirty years, the streets of New York City would look very different too. Like they, there would probably be more kids out running around and just playing more pickup ball or whatever they're doing. Uh, it might yeah, look but- different, but it would be the, that more freedom. And I think now. Even though my kids don't have a million activities to choose from, most kids are doing one, and a lot of parents are taking them there. They're not maybe hanging out at the park. We don't do that. that that's yeah. that's way too much. But but like right. because we don't have to because the park's right down the street. And if we're not there, you know, we probably have another parent who's in the house that can see the park. It's so that's a little bit different. But I do think I've I have seen how much that free time is getting whittled away at mostly just because no one, the kids don't know where where other kids are because they're all doing something at some point and it just makes it harder. And they're not as motivated Uh, to do that because they all have video games or whatever. Right. The Xbox and they all have a little bit more homework and right. They, they, I, yeah, that makes sense. I do see when we go to stay with, um, cousins or something in the suburbs for the weekend that there can be sort of the bigger the house is, the better the basement yep. room setup. Yep. You end up you end up just hanging around inside a lot. And and growing up in New York City, my kids, we have a we have a big apartment now, but when my boys were little, we lived in a much smaller apartment and Saturday morning would come and I would be like, get me out of here. Like, I don't know. I don't know where we're gonna go. We 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 are out of here. We'd be we'd be at the diner by seven thirty in the morning, and then we just like here, here we go to find an adventure. And even if it was, even if it was freezing outside, right. if it wasn't actually sleeting, we would be at the playground. And and so I do think that 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 apartment living when 
your neighbors don't appreciate the pounding of little feet right. can kind of, all weekend yeah. long. Right. Then it forces it, it you. makes you get out. Yeah. And so that part of it is actually good. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think so too. And I will say as well, like the small, I live, you know, even though I'm in a small town, um, the neighborhood I'm in is an old neighborhood and it's considered like a city neighborhood. So it's laid out differently than, um, a lot of subdivision type neighborhoods are. And those ones, when I go to those, I see kids playing more like in each other's front yards, or you can tell there's more of that back and forth. You can see bikes, like a bunch of bikes all in one front yard. <laughs> so, you know, all those kids dumped their bikes and went in the house or the yard or whatever. That doesn't happen as much here. It's a challenge because I live on a busy street, um, busy, relatively speaking. And for my kids to go find other kids to play with, they'd have to, they'd have to be sufficiently motivated to go knock on a door. And that's what I had growing up. Like you, if I didn't go knock on someone's door, what else was I going to do? My mom certainly was not going to set me up a play date. Right. And the word play date didn't, <laughs> that didn't exist. exist. Right. There's no yeah. Word, so right. it was either that or sit inside. I mean, that was so boring. So of course, if, and what I loved about what I love about that, look, looking back, if I knocked on my one friend's, like my A group friend's house and she wasn't there, I had to go to the B list. And if I didn't get someone from the B list, I might have to play with someone I didn't even like, <laughs> but I made it work. You know, you made it work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you made a lemonade stand or whatever you figured out. It's, it's like, it's like Phineas and Ferb. I've always loved that. Yeah, show me because too. It, 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 it evokes my, I loved when my boys would watch it. I'm like, that's what it's like. That's what you're, what it's supposed to be like. Get outside. Right. Get outside. And, go play. Right. I right. know. Yeah. Find, find a rocket ship today. Go figure it out. And they're like, well, well, I think, okay, so let's, let's, let's do our takeaways. Okay. Small town. Good mm. stuff. More playing in the dirt. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. More playing in the dirt. I think more laid back everything. I, I don't feel, even with the sports, especially for, for younger kids, it's just pretty laid back, even though it is intensifying. No one's really expected to be that good at most stuff. <laughs> so right. that right. sounds terrible. But, you know, there's not that, the competition's not that stiff in anything, and really. And there's just an ease. It sounds like. Yeah, the, it's very simple. It's a simple place to raise little kids, especially. So those are all, those are all check marks in the positive side. Do you want me to go through the negatives now, or are you going to sure, do your Sure, po- okay. I can think of some, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Um, negatives would be everyone's up in everyone else's biz. So <laughs> people know way more about my kids than I necessarily want them to, and um, about me than I necessarily want them to. Um, lack of diversity is a problem. I, I think that I would really like it if my kids could be exposed in a natural way to kids who are different from them now, because... Anytime that's noticeable, like I think when, when I go into a city with my kids or even go to like, you know, a struggling area, it's so, it's so in their face because it's so different from what they experience on a day-to-day basis that it's novelty to them. So, and I don't like that too much, but those are two big ones. Those are really two. Oh, and lack of, and lack of easy access to cool opportunities. Like we were saying, if I really wanted Clara to be able to do something outside of the options available to her in gymnastics, say, I wouldn't really be able to readily do that. I'd have to take her someplace else um, to a neighboring city or maybe far away. And so that just makes life a little less simple. Yeah, that dovetails exactly with the benefits of a big city. If my kid is going to be the best dodgeball player or calligrapher that ever was, I can totally find a way for them to deep dive. I I literally have a friend whose son is a really good platform diver. Mm -hmm. And she... She's got to drag them to the other end of Long Island City, but you you can find that right. in a big city if you want. They can exactly what they want to do, and and my kids definitely every day live with difference and diversity, understand it, are deeply comfortable with people who don't look, think, you know, live like they do. They they get that in a way that even I was raised in a small town. I've lived here for twenty five years. I think I still sort of 
pretend to that open-mindedness and they own it. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yep. And, and, and then, and all the, like, you know, the museums and shows and stuff or the things they have access to their artistic life that they can lead is great as long as you actually do it, which most parents I know don't, don't do it. <laughs> talk about it more yeah. than we do it. Um, and the anonymity that they have um, of getting to try stuff without everybody knowing, you know, every, everything you're doing outside of school, I think is actually a good thing. Yeah. And there's no, there's no tick checks mm-hmm. in, in New York city. That's a, that's a good <laughs> no thing. tick checks. That is definitely a plus, a high plus. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then the drawbacks are just like, yeah, the logistics, the, the hassle factor, the no parking lots, the no go outside and play and see who's around and, and no basement, no, no, like go downstairs and I'm going to close the door and you guys can play lightsabers and yell and scream and jump. Yeah. You're kind of all on top of everybody at all times. You're yeah. a little on, on top of everybody. Yeah. So that's, yeah. If you could, if only we could create utopia, we could take all of the downsides and all of the, you know, and get rid of them. And, but then, you know, I think we learn, our kids learn a lot from those downsides as well as the upsides. So I guess uh, they do. I guess we're stuck so, with them. As Margaret and I like to say, we've solved it. We've we solved, solved everything. Small town versus big city. Now you know if you're making this decision <laughs> for yourself, you know. And I'm going to go live in Megan's town with the three friends and everybody rides their bikes to each other. That sounds really good to me. And I'm going to come so. and uh, take in a Broadway show and um, take put my kids in trapeze and contortion lessons <laughs> and, and live in a brownstone because I've always wanted to do that. I'm going to challenge myself to see if there are contortionist classes in for New children and I'll, and I'll put them on the show page because I'm Please sure there do. are. I'm going to find it and I'm going to let you know. Okay. So, so Megan, tell us about the mom hour because after you listen to this, everybody, I want you to go listen to Margaret and Sarah talking about East Coast. Versus yes. West and Coast their episode the came out the day before this one, right? So I think it's already yes. ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so the Mom Hour is a weekly conversation between my friend Sarah Powers. Sarah lives in um, Orange County and I live in small town Michigan. And we talk about our kids. We have eight between us. Um, we like to think of it as kind of like listening to, you know, two best friends talk over coffee on the park bench next to you. It's encouraging, very non-judgmental, and we cover a lot of different topics. So come check us out at themomhour.com. And what about like on Facebook and Twitter? Give us all your. Well, we're handles. just like the mom hour everywhere. It's all the mom hour? Yeah. You can find Jeez. the mom hour everywhere. <laughs> Why not make it different for everyone like we do? <laughs> I just, I think we weren't that creative. Maybe that was it. <laughs> no, it's like t- Twitter wouldn't let me make the, whatever. It's long. So I'm going to go through mine now. So you can find us at whatfreshhealthpodcast.com, where I'm going to put a link to the contortionist class in New York City <laughs> for sure. You can find us on Facebook at What Fresh Hellcast and on Instagram, What Fresh Hellcast, and on Twitter at WFH Podcast. Megan, thank you so much. Thank you, Amy. This has been super fun, and I'm looking forward to visiting you in New York City sometime. Oh, yeah. Please do. I will. Thanks, everybody. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Coe, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, 
you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.